welcome to our chat, season one, episode two. Where do we go from here? Okay, hello, we're back again. Our last podcast was on bridge building where Pastor Wayne and myself, we talked a bit about race relations in our world today. So welcome, Pastor Wayne. Well, thanks, I'm glad to be back again today as well. Okay, so now because the world is reopening, we're gonna talk about where do we go from here. Um, the lockdown resulted in students being out of school, job loss and economic insecurity. Um, and the isolation and confinement had so many different impacts on family units. Some families thrived in that they were able to reconnect on deeper levels, especially since all of their extracurricular activities were removed and others were like barely surviving. You know, we got reports of um, from a social service agency that domestic abuse cases in certain regions went up by 300%. Students were unable to go to school, so teachers weren't able to identify child abuse cases. So some families were probably barely surviving through this all. The pandemic, our lockdown looked different for so many different families. You know, it's interesting. I was uh, just at one of the uh, fast food places in Aurora just a few days ago, and I really tried to purposely uh, reach out to him. People are really open, I've discovered, that they will talk if we ask them how they're doing and how is this affecting them, that's a great leeway in to talk to people. And so this guy who otherwise, uh, we really probably would have no conversation, um, launched in and talked about, and then we've been talking about this over the last number of weeks, even months. And he began to list in Aurora all the restaurants that have gone out of business. And he listed, he rolled off about six or seven. I only knew about two or three of them. Wow. Um, and some of them I really liked. It's like, no, not that one. Yeah. And he listed about six or seven off the top, right off the top of his head, of restaurants that have closed. And I said, well, are they just closed because, you know, they have no uh, place to go outside and eat? And he said, oh, no, they're closed. They can't, they could not manage this shutdown for this length of time. And he even said for himself that uh, with the CERB and the government giving subsidies, that none of his workers want to come back. Because yeah. they make virtually the same amount of money on that, and they don't have to do anything. anything. And so he is working all the days, all the shifts. Uh, he's the owner. He works all of it. And he would love to have a break, but none of his workers want to come back. Because this has created a very interesting time yeah. for people who maybe want to have money, want to have means, maybe don't want to work for it, maybe taking advantage of it, but others who just had no wiggle room and so this particular pandemic because it shut them down for even a few weeks they had to close the door so this wow. has really impacted people and it really hit me when this guy was sharing this we made the decision to reopen our church building we knew that church um, would always look a little different right we knew that the changes that we experienced to date the things that were required of us moving forward would change the way we gather. And our last three our last three messages, you focused on reset, repurposed, and retool. Tell us a bit more about that. Well, you know, I, that was kind of the conversations that were taking place was, we hit this big, big bump in the road. And are we going to try to figure out um, maybe why the bump's there, instead of just going over it and continuing on, thinking there's no more bumps? Are we going to question how we're doing when we hit this particular big bump on the road? And for some of us, it was more than a bump. It was like a, a, like a wall. Mm -hmm. um, 
and to figure out is, is God for us or against us? Is this a work of the enemy and we just need to rise up against it? Or is God behind it? And that's a really interesting question. This brings <laughs> out some good theology there. Is is God behind this? And, and here are some of the things that we, as uh, me as a person, but as a church, and I think the Christian community began to grapple with, that first of all, this is not short-term. This is long-term. And because it's long-term, this is unusual. But throughout history, they've had unusual moments that either have been plagues, have been pandemics, have been wars, have been natural disasters. Typically, it shuts down maybe a community or a country, maybe a continent. Um, we've never seen anything shut, basically, the global situation down, affecting it both economically, um, entertainment-wise, uh, governments, and certainly the whole health profession. And so, yeah, this was where we came to the place and we began to ask the bigger questions of, uh, God, what are you trying to show us in the midst of this? Mm -hmm. And I began to realize that um, we've been thrown into change and how we respond to change has been so varied. And I have been, I've been honestly quite amazed. There are those that I really thought would be like front runners in this and they'd be coming up and saying, you know, I've got ideas. And they like went off the radar. Um, and they almost out of fear or or uncertainty, I'm not really sure. They really didn't didn't rise up to come up with some solutions as to what we're to do now next. And then others were quite amazing. Others, on the other hand, uh, looked at this and said, you know, I think this is a tremendous opportunity of God. And so what can I do? What's God saying? And I want to be in the middle of it. So I found this quite interesting, and, and I don't know, maybe you found that as well. And I think because it's so unknown to everyone, right? <laughs> yeah, I laugh because the, the buzzword I said to uh, Robert, what's going to be the word of the year? And I think it's going to be unprecedented because I think that's the word that everyone was saying. But because it's so different, you know, some people definitely use this as as a launch pad to innovate and try new yeah, things and yeah. others just sort of shy back. So, yeah. You know, I, I was looking at, um, uh, in the middle of this, I kind of went back and began to study changes in church history, changes in biblical history. Uh, and I, I came to the word revival because the word revival comes from a word vital. And vital means life signs. So if you're in a hospital, what you don't want to hear is we've lost the, the what are their vitals. And if life has been lost and the vitals stop, if life is continuing to exist, they have vitals. Revival comes out of that. And so what happens is a person has vitals. The vitals have stopped. And revival means the vitals have come back. So you've revived them. And uh, I've done a little bit of uh, looking into, okay, so we were cruising along as a community of people, church community in particular. It looked like we had vitals. looked like everything was going good. We had our plans and then this hit, churches got closed. Uh, we had to figure out how to get the message out. Giving's all changed. How do we connect with people? Because it just naturally, you came to your Sunday morning, you came to your midweek, your small group. You couldn't do that. Groups were canceled. You couldn't get together with anybody but your immediate family. Uh, and all of a sudden, it began to change the whole playing field of how we do church. We used to worship together. Church was huge about getting together, singing songs, feeling good, encouraging one another, hugging each other, 
How are you doing? We have our greeting time on Sunday. How are you? Good to see you. Glad you're here today. They were shut down. And what happened after that was there came this awkward, I really don't know a lot of people in the church. I don't know who to call. Should I call them? Uh, sometimes we didn't even know their names. Uh, we we shake their hand, they sat behind us, but we never really got to know them. We might have known their first name, but we never knew their last name. Now we know, don't know how to get a hold of them. We can't see them. We, we can't ask the question, well, how would the doctor's appointment go next week? Because we don't know who they are. Right. We don't know maybe any more about their family. And this then opened up a whole new awareness, I think, that we now have an opportunity. How do we get to go from, and I call this, and this is where I really talked about, I went back to some of the fundamentals. Uh, and I called it the, the scorecard we used to gauge success in churches was the three Bs, um, bodies, buildings, and budgets. <laughs> and you can look at how many people came out and you took attendance. Or you look at, hey, we're an expansion. We've got a new building here. We've mm -hmm. got a new satellite, a new church plant. Or even when it came to budgets and, and you know, God is blessing us. More people are tithing. We've got extra money coming in. Well, all of a sudden our budgets went out the window. Our buildings were shut down. And we couldn't see the bodies except maybe through Zoom. And it came to the place where we had to now reevaluate. My impact is not based on any of those three. My impact is based on my influence to people around me. And does that influence lead them closer to Jesus? Mm -hmm. I really think it came down to that. Yeah. And this forced us to have to look at this. Yeah, no, I totally agree because... I think we had to find some way of still being the church <laughs> without coming, right? right? We still had to find some way of doing what we knew the commands were, um, which is love God and love your neighbor as yourself without being in church. And sometimes we use church as, yes, I'm going to church. I see the people every Sunday, but it's you're really not connecting and that was on a deeper really way. Yeah. In that, and when I began to talk about... Um, uh, I think the message was reset, hmm. was we often interpret that scripture, and it's not wrong because it's another scripture that talks about we, we are called to love one another. Hmm. But that particular text that you just mentioned, uh, Jesus was being asked the question, what's the greatest, what's the greatest commandment there is? And Jesus says, uh, well, love the Lord your God. And then, this, and then second he said to it is love your neighbor, but he didn't say love others. Because sometimes when we just love others, we, we don't have a face, we don't have a name, we don't have a neighbor, we don't have a co-worker, we don't have my child's parent, we don't actually have someone in our visual sights. The other can be somebody just, their face is blurred. Yeah. And, but Jesus never said that. He actually said, love your neighbor. Yeah. So I found that part of this reset was, who's my neighbor? Right. And really... Uh, we have to figure that answer to that question. Yeah. And then likewise, following that was being repurposed. My purpose is not to go to church. My purpose is not to preach. My purpose as a pastor is not to preach. My purpose as a pastor is not just to be a leader. My purpose as a person in the church is not to be a singer, not to be, my purpose is not to open the door for somebody or to teach a Sunday school class. My purpose in life is to be able to influence someone so that they might have a thirst or want to know more about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And 
usually those people are the people who are my neighbors. Yeah. And so therefore, instead of my purpose being what maybe I thought it was, now the purpose is different. And the pandemic, shutting the doors, has really forced us to take a look at maybe religion and the establishment <laughs> and things that we just taken for granted and yeah. thought this was God's best plan. Right. That plan has been changed. And so now we're looking and saying, okay, God, if I was to pare this all down, what's the one thing I've got to accomplish as a follower of Jesus? Not as a pastor, but as a follower of Jesus. And me as pastor, mm-hmm. it's challenging me because as we reopened, and some people, you know, I, I had those who were saying, hey, you're reopened too early, nobody's going to come, uh, you're going to create a bad environment. And we, we waited for the third week, uh, third Sunday, before we reopened, but we did reopen a lot. My colleagues didn't. But we really felt, first of all, the safety to reopen. That was just a safe place to be, the volunteers to make that work. But secondly, let's move together in a sense of community as to the lessons we're learning in the midst of this. We're still learning them. But let's now put them into place. There's people that as we get together and share and talk and experience it in an environment um, whether we're in a building together or whether we're doing it through live streaming, that the message is going out is the same message, that we're going to do church different now. Mm-hmm. And church is going to be about my neighbor. It's going to be about the guy that owns the restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's going to be about the person I regularly see on the trail walking their dog when I'm walking. And those people, to take it to that next step, and that that is actually my mission now. My mission is not Sunday morning. My mission is not midweek. My mission is actually them. And and how am I going to step into that? Yeah, and how you're going to live out the words that we read and not just yeah. read about people who did it yeah, years yeah, ago, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, what can I do? Like, what could be my story? And I know you have some interesting things to say about um, younger people sort of stepping yeah. into change and stepping yeah. into situations well, to that has bring been change. It with, with, um, when you think about big reversals in biblically, Joseph is one, probably mm-hmm. one of the earliest ones. And Joseph, when he was a kid, God pulled him out of a, a very comfortable environment. He had a, a wealthy father, had a bunch of brothers, um, good, good thing going. And God, through very dramatic means, I mean, I think, I firmly believe if God had asked Jacob, Joseph's dad, hey, can I borrow your son for 13 years? Jacob would have said, absolutely no. <laughs> if he had talked to jo- Joseph, Joseph wouldn't have wanted to get to the place of prominence the way God had planned. And of course, the brothers really didn't like him. And so the story of Joseph was a forced negative encounter in order to fashion him so that God could do something great at the end of his life. Mm -hmm. And he did. And yet Joseph was young. He didn't pick this like middle-aged guy. And then you come to the story of Daniel, and there's so much about Daniel where uh, you read where Jeremiah prophesies that Jerusalem, you're going to be ransacked, and you just need to accept it because you've turned away from God. And all the leaders refuse to listen. And then comes along Ezekiel, and Ezekiel comes into that and says the same thing. Ezekiel the prophet lives through the ransacking. The people are taken out of Jerusalem. There's horrible deaths take place. And then you have Daniel, who is one of these young guys that God raises up in the land of captivity. And and it's interesting, Habakkuk, uh, the prophet Habakkuk, when he was around the same time, and and Habakkuk prophesied and said, um, this is the hand of God. 
This is the plan of God. Mm. And then you get into the story of, of Daniel, and Daniel is saying, uh, God's hand is behind all this. So where everybody is saying, oh, we are in the enemy's camp kind of thing, and we got we to, gotta, their whole focus was getting out, and Daniel's focus was, let's find God here. Yeah. If we find God here, then our tomorrow is going to get looked after. Right. But the purpose of being here is because we didn't find God. We turned away from him, and we didn't even see it. And so now is the time for potential revival. And what Daniel did was Daniel then just kept his heart pure, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. All these guys were like young. Mm -hmm. And so I just had this theory that could this day and age in this pandemic, God is going to use us older ones, and I put myself in there, to help pass the baton and mold and train the younger ones who will really see this as their moment. This is their day. And what that means is um, is a new thing, but the new thing is really really an old thing. Yeah. And the old thing is getting back to the getting back to what God planned, getting yeah. back to our the people we play soccer with, the people people that we work with at the fast food restaurant, the people that we uh, you know shoot hoops with. All those people are the people that God has put us into the path of. Mm -hmm. They are our mission. And we are his ministers. And maybe we have just have a tremendous opportunity, instead of the ministers being pastors who graduate from Bible college, and I don't diminish that because I've won, but the ministers are every single individual who is a child of God, who has an opportunity to minister to somebody just by being a help, giving them food. And I want to throw this back to you, Pastor Church, because you and Robert really stepped into this one. Yeah. You looked at this as an opportunity to serve people. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested because I really think this is where God is trying to wake us up. Mm -hmm. um, how's that going? What stirred your heart to really take take it up a few notches in helping people and mm -hmm. reaching out to people and saying, I care enough for you. Here's what I'm going to do. Again, these actions. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, you know, that's always been our heart, really. It's just helping people. So I think for for this, this was difficult for us just because we are, we're so accustomed having people around our table and sharing those meals with us and all of that. So that was, that was tricky. So we had to definitely find other ways to do that, right? And that might have been more by... Um, just using different tools that we had calling more which we usually probably wouldn't you know be on the phone calling or whatever that might be in terms of connecting with the people that we love and even we did um something really interesting with our young adults groups we had a dinner together on zoom like one of our one of our meetings where we sent everybody a recipe for butter chicken and ingredients and oh we all God. cooked okay everybody who's listening to this <laughs> we're doing this over the lunch hour right now and this is not a good time to talk about this. oh man and so we all cooked our butter chicken and we ate it together and you know we just had a real sense of community that way but i also think the important thing is if um is that that's what makes god's heart so happy right when he sees and when we we meet together however that might look for people um just that we meet together and we continue to encourage each other in yeah. that um you know i one of the things you said that i want to go back to is there are a lot of people questioning is god behind this right and i think we see that often throughout scripture where it's even paul right we were doing acts as a staff we're studying that in our devotions and he ran into negative situation against negative, like stone beaten the works. 
And, you know, a lot of people then say, how can God be behind something like this? What would you say to them? Yeah. Um, well, we know that God is sovereign, right? Right. I mean, we always play the sovereign card. Um, <laughs> and that God's in control. Yeah. And we go to Psalms 91. And it's a tremendous Psalms. And I love the Psalms. I actually started this uh, way back the end of March, Psalms 91. Um, but, uh, yeah, we would, when it comes to, is this the end times? And mm -hmm. is this... Uh, and then this is a whole new topic, and this is evolving. Because I think one of the hot-button issues right now is uh, there's a number of people who've risen up and used these moments in order to get platform. Yeah. Uh, I find that maybe a little unfortunate. Yeah. Certain people may have a voice now who didn't have a voice. And sometimes that is those, I mean, just let there be a scare. And then all those who say the Lord's coming next week, all yeah. of a sudden they now have a, a microphone in front of them. Uh, and they're being broadcast, the Lord can come anytime. Yeah. And that's been for years. We need to be ever living present for the Lord to come. Is this one of the final things from the book of Revelation? Well, we the honest answer is, Bible itself says we won't know. Yeah. Uh, the whole point of Revelation is not to try to figure out the day or the hour. The whole point of Revelation is to keep Jesus central in our life. Mm -hmm. And when moments come in our life where there's a reversal, is the moment for us to dial back and get Jesus back into the center. Mm -hmm. We can never lose doing that. We don't have to try to figure out who's behind it, what's... We just need to make sure we get Jesus dialed back into the middle. So, have we been praying? Have we been reaching out to the people around us and loving mm -hmm. on them? Have we ourselves compromised in areas and let some spiritual disciplines drop that now in the time of these difficulties, we realize, oh, this is an opportunity for me to put those things back in place. Maybe maybe put some brand new things in mm -hmm. place. Uh, so based from the Bible, book of Revelations, or even the book of Daniel, mm -hmm. uh, Daniel talks about a lot of the, uh, the tribulations, uh, what will take place in the final days. And my, my caution is don't go there yeah. because it people have gone there throughout history. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to. And, he, and actually, it's not biblical to go there. It's biblical to put Christ back into the middle right. of our lives. It's biblical to make sure that Jesus is uh, central in our conversation, that we rally our families, we rally the believers, we encourage one another. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bible says, all the more until you see the day. Mm -hmm. And that day will one day come. But it doesn't have to be a day that I need to try to figure out. So in other words... Uh, you know, is this pandemic going to issue in the mark of the beast and we're going to take a vaccine that's going to be able to track us and now we have the mark 666 on us. Mm -hmm. uh, that's been some of the conversations. Yeah. I've been looking at conversations that this is um, a whole uh, radioactive electronic thing. It's not really a biological disease. <laughs> this is a scheme by a government or we've heard it was planted by another country to one country yeah. in order to reveal their weaknesses. Uh, it's been another conspiracy is that it's been used in order to bankrupt countries so that they they can't put their military back in place again. The thing is, is we don't have to answer that question right. because we put our faith and trust yeah. in God. I don't put my trust in my government. I don't put my trust in the American government to yeah. be my ally to look after me. I put my trust in God. Yeah. And so as Christians, I think we have to be very careful because if we start down that road, it's really hard to back up again when it's proven that the things we thought didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, in times of uncertainty, 
the early church encouraged one another, prayed for one another, and looked for, because during times like this, people really are open to answering one of the most fundamental questions we tend to like to avoid. When we live in prosperity, we avoid the question, I'm very vulnerable and I might die. Mm -hmm. Or um, I have loved ones who might die. And we avoid that with all Mm -hmm. costs. But right now we have a great opportunity because some of our loved ones have died. Mm -hmm. And we know that our lives are very fragile. Nobody has a fix for this. And so therefore, we come back to placing our lives central into the hands of God. So yeah, I think the answer to that is avoid mm-hmm. fear, avoid trying to, to to run ahead. A lot of people that do this are people selling books, yeah. <laughs> having their own broadcast on the radio or on television or on YouTube. Like they, they're, they're getting their moment in fame. Yeah. Be careful of that. We don't need to do that. Um, I like what has been, we need to live with hope, humility, and wisdom. Yeah. The hope is my hope, not for the future. It is for the future. My hope is today. The Lord is my strength. Humility is, I don't have to have the answers. I'm here to serve. Mm-hmm. And wisdom is, yeah, wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, don't be stupid. If that's what they're doing, they're doing it for the right reasons. They're mm-hmm. doing it to protect people. And isn't that what God wants? He yeah. wants to protect people. So is it really that hard to put a mask on? Is it really that hard to be six feet apart from somebody? Mm-hmm. This is good wisdom to do it. And as believers, we are submitting to God by submitting to some of the people that he's put in place to help us. Mm. And by doing that, we have a tremendous witness for God. Yeah, no. And I think, you know, the more, when you spoke on that message on reset, I loved your analogy in terms of plugging in and unplugging your computer, right? Like we've had that moment where we've unplugged everything and like we've had that time to reset. So how do we, now the mandate is to go out there and we may have gotten things wrong. We may have done things you know, right, but we got some things wrong as well. So how do we get back on our path and start to really live out being Christ followers? Um, And so again, hope, and I think, you know, to that point, you said hope, humility, and wisdom. And I think that's, but for those who are looking to the end times, because there's a fascination with that, like that's what Revelation is all about. Mm -hmm. It's about the hope that's to come. So let's get excited about that and get excited to tell someone else, right? (laughs) And you know, Revelation was never written in order to figure out end time events. Revelation was written, it was, they called it the circular letter, which means that the letter was all about, here here are things that are going to come but the point of it was always that put Jesus back into the center. Mm-hmm. Um, your hope is in Christ. It was never to figure out how to get out of it. It was never to figure out how to prevent it. Mm-hmm. It was meant in order for us to no matter what. Basically, it was letting you know things will happen mm-hmm. and it's going to happen. And don't think either God has forsaken you mm-hmm. nor think that this is a work of the devil and that you just have to rise up against it necessarily. But just go back and put your hope and put your faith back in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it was all about keeping Christ central. And so um, what a great opportunity we yeah. have to do that. And I think open doors before us right now to be able to. And I like, I really like, I came up a few weeks ago with the idea for myself. And then I preached it with, with the congregation. Repurpose my life. Yeah, I have a purpose in my life, but it's time to repurpose that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I really like that. So I've been doing that pretty well. Everything I've been doing has been around... What is my repurpose for life? Mm-hmm. And make sure I get it back on track. Yeah, no, I think that's good. And I think that's a good way to end as well, right? It so yeah. we know that uh, things are going to happen. God hasn't forsaken us. And there's hope 
in him in god and there's hope in the future so let's just re reset <laughs> repurpose yeah, our lives there and get on with doing what we're supposed to do yes and, and eat, together. <laughs> eat together yes eat together eat together maybe that could be a good um sunday <laughs> service you know uh, how, are you, how are you going to do that, though? Don't worry. I can figure it out. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> food is my love language, so I'm always like, anything to do with food, I can figure it out. I don't want to do it virtual, though. I don't want to be on Zoom. That's just no good. You can't smell all the smells. Oh, I know. All right. Thanks, Pastor Wayne. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our chat. We encourage you to prayerfully consider how you can reset and fully live out your purpose.